Hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast on LettermanRow.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham, joined, uh, as usual, by Spencer Holbrook, our do-everything extraordinaire, uh, whatever else you want to call him. You can come up with your own adjective, Spencer. It's uh, a busy weekend for Ohio State. We'll just dive right in. Um, the biggest news, of course, is Ohio State receiving its uh, running back commitment in class of 2020, Mayan Williams, the former Iowa State commitment, as we talked about last week. If he visited Ohio State, it was only a matter of time until he committed to the Buckeyes, and it took him about two hours after his visit to do that. Was it two hours? I couldn't even. I didn't even think it was two hours. It was more like, I'm assuming it was probably right after the game ended. If he put it out on social media two hours, I'm assuming it was a little earlier than that. Even. Yeah, I mean, he 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 told me by the time by the time he told me on Saturday night and confirmed it to me, he was home in Cincinnati, back in uh, you know celebrating with his family. So. Clearly, it was a visit that was designed with the commitment in mind. It was get into town, see the game, make sure it was what he thought it was going to be, and leave committed because this was an unofficial visit. The plan heading into the trip was to return for an official visit at some point down the line, and he still will. But now it's to do that as a committed player. And, you know, for people that are not sure, they see the three star, they see the number 18 ranked player in Ohio, they see the 43rd ranked running back in the country, and all those things are, you know, valuable on their own. But the reality here is that Ohio State has been uh, interested in Mayan Williams for quite some time. There are a handful of people inside of the Woody Hayes Athletic Center who were very, like, very pro Mayan Williams for a while. And, uh, you know, they, they see a player. You know, the One of the comparisons I got for him was Carlos Hyde. I don't know if you've watched the film. But what do you see out of Williams, uh, you know, in this cycle? Why do you think he's the right fit for the Buckeyes? I think he's a bruiser, and I think they already have a guy like Marcus Crowley who can be a shifty guy. They already have a guy who can be kind of another bruiser like uh, Master Teague. Obviously, we think J.K. Dobbins is going to enter the NFL draft after this. So I think to add another bruiser and to be able to have another guy who, with a little bit of development, can become like a Carlos Hyde. Uh, you know, There were a couple of complimentary backs there with Carlos Hyde as well. Um, so... I don't know if he'll be a feature back early in his career or if he'll be kind of like what Master Teague is right now for J.K. Dobbins, but I think uh, he brings a lot to the table. And and first and foremost, he's he's a big guy. I mean, we talked about that when we saw him yesterday. He's a big guy. I think that just I think that sticks out more than anything. I really think that he he's similar in my mind to like Mike Weber. I think that may be a better comparison than Carlos Hyde, because I think that the body type Carlos ended up you know he's a little taller. Um, where I think what Ohio State will have to do with Mayan is actually probably get him to shed a few pounds. Uh, he's listed at 5'10", 210 pounds, but I'm telling you from when we saw him on Saturday at Ohio Stadium, I'd be shocked if he was more than 5'9", and probably closer to 215 or 220. Um, you know, he, he definitely looked stout. He looked like a guy that uh, is going to be a hit the, hit the hole between the tackles and run hard type of guy. And like I said, uh, the comparison I got for him was uh, Carlos Hyde from from somebody in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, but the, I was also told that he's a he's a tough ass, whatever that means. So I mean that you know he's a hard runner, and for Ohio State for this offense for what they want to do in the future with quarterbacks that can uh, move and rely a little bit on on the read option stuff, but really what they want to do is be a power run team um, with a, with a wide open passing attack. 
uh, I think he's a good fit. So uh, he's in the class. And the, naturally, what that makes people wonder and think about is, okay, what happens now with, with the running back? Are they done? Does Jameer Gibbs, you know, stay on the board? Does uh, Mayan Williams uh, be the only guy? Does, do they still chase Bajan Robinson? Do they blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many questions. Yeah, but, yeah, there, there are a lot of questions. And if you're Ohio State, you have to take Bijan Robinson if he wants it. If he wants it into the class, he's one of those guys, and we've talked about it so many times. If he wants in the class, he's going to be a part of the class. He's the Elias Ricks type player. He's the, uh, you know, program shifting player. If he wants in the class, you will take him in the class. Yeah. Absolutely. However, I think they can be done at running back and be perfectly fine. I think I think they know what they have in Master Teague. They know what they have coming up in Marcus Crowley. They know that Steel Chambers can potentially be a guy to to help that running back room down the road. And now you add Mayan Williams into this mix, and, and you're looking kind of full at running back when you thought for a while you were going to be thin there. So I don't think you really have to reach anywhere. You definitely don't have to reach anywhere. You're not going to take a guy that doesn't fit Ohio State just for the sake of, okay, we need two running backs. But you also don't necessarily need another one because your running back stable might be a little more uh, crowded than you thought it could have been. Well, that's really where this whole thing started in the summer. The question was, who is going to take over at running back? Because they obviously have thought that J.K. Dobbins would be departing after the season for a while. There was question marks about Master Teague because of his health issues. And, you know, they just weren't sure really what they had with him. And then there was Marcus Crowley and Steel Chambers, and they weren't sure what are these guys going to turn into. And they've been so pleased by both of them and the development of, of Crowley and Steel Chambers that it makes it much easier to look at the class and say to themselves, well, wait a second, maybe we don't need a second. But Well, they're already in a scholarship pinch, yeah. so you don't have to reach and take a second running back. Go ahead. Yeah, and then you still have DeMario McCall on the roster too. I mean, there's still you know, things that can, can happen for Ohio State from here. Um, but what, what you did say that's accurate 100% is if Bajan Robinson wants in the class for Ohio State, he is going to be welcome in with open arms. I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think that Bajan Robinson is a player that is uh, going to end up coming back around to the Buckeyes. So I was told that, you know, basically right now there's a holding pattern between him and Ohio State. And and what that means is that the Buckeyes are just there. They're letting Bajan know, hey, we're interested. We're here for you if you're interested. But as he told Ari Wasserman of The Athletic, who went out and saw him uh, two weeks ago or whatever, I'm not going anywhere unless Tom Herman's fired. So, I mean, if you take the kid at his word, which you should, then that's where you are. There's only one person that can tell the truth, and it's the person that, that it's coming from, you know. And if, as long as Tom Herman's fired, which is Texas is 6-5 and five right now, if they go 6-6, six and six, nothing's going to surprise me. I'm assuming all no, no uh, think stones are going to be left unturned. I can't see Tom Herman getting fired. Therefore, I cannot see Bijan Robinson leaving. But the fact that they are just kind of holding out hope, waiting that he comes to Ohio State, tells you everything you need to know about how talented they believe Bijan Robinson is. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I don't think that Tom Herman ends up uh, losing his job, even if uh, they lose out this season. I do think that Tim Beck and Stan Drayton, two of the other offensive coaches, may be in peril. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe they hold on to Drayton because he's such a key part of, of the Robinson recruitment. Maybe they hold on to Beck because he's the guy that really opened the door in Arizona. I'm more likely and in, I'm inclined to think that they would be more likely to keep Drayton over Beck, but we'll see. None of that matters to Ohio State, really. If Tom Herman's there, that's what Bajan Robinson's going to do is stick it out. So, um, you know, at this a, point, a lot of Ohio gonna, State familiarity there, Burn. Yeah, I mean, obviously, those are three names Buckeyes fans should know. So uh, let's move on. We've uh, we've talked about the running backs. Um, 
we'll talk about the other big 2020 visitor from the weekend, which was Xavier Carlton, the six foot seven, 260 pound defensive end from Utah. He's a player that I think is really interesting. Um, when he walked out of the tunnel yesterday, it sort of looked like a 23 year old, um, you know, NFL rookie walking up the tunnel instead of a, a high school senior. Yeah, he, he's a big kid, and, and you're right. He looks like he's pretty filled out. I don't know. Uh, obviously, he's going to be able to be put to good use in the Ohio State weight room, but it looks like he's already been there for a couple of years. Doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's very rare to see those types of kids who who look like they're so physically college ready. And uh, Xavier Carlton certainly looked at. What's interesting about him is he's a guy who moved to Utah this year for a senior season. He played in San Diego for the first three years of high school. Still sort of under the radar, but yet, I mean, he's he's an Army All-American, an, an All-American, not an Army All-American, an Adidas All-American. He's got offers from pretty much everybody on the West Coast. He, he He's still interested in Oregon, Washington, Utah. And Ohio State's just sort of been plugging along for the last few months. And I, I wrote about it in Sunday's Doubting the Eyes, but Larry Johnson's meth- methodology is so different, I think, than a lot of coaches and so patient and calm that you don't ever ever really know if Ohio State's even in the mix for these kids. And then all of a sudden you see Jaden McKenzie last year, you know, committing on signing day. And I think that there's a a possibility that Xavier Carlton sort of works out the same way. From what I was told, talking to people around the program uh, on Sunday morning, there is like a, a surge of confidence that Ohio State could be the team to beat here. But there is also like cautious optimism because they think once he goes and makes his other visits to Washington, maybe Oregon, Cal, the push to stay closer to home is probably what's going to win out in the end here. So you just have to wonder, like, does the kid win? Does does his visit, and it was a very short visit. He arrived Friday night, left early Sunday morning. So basically like a 30-hour trip. Does that is that enough for Ohio State to win it? And there's sort of mixed messages coming out of uh, the Buckeyes camp about it. But um one thing that you do know is that right now, if it's going to be another defensive lineman in the class of 2020, it's going to be Carlton or it's going to be Tyler Barron. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think Tyler Barron is is as big of a, a possibility as Carlton is, just because Tyler Barron's uh, father with Tennessee and yada yada yada. Everybody knows that uh, by now from reading you. But uh, Carlton is kind of interesting because Larry Johnson, Ohio State needs a defensive lineman in this class, right? And they need a running back in this class. Everyone panicked about the running back, but everybody knows to just stay calm, keep calm, and let Larry Johnson do his work on the recruiting trail because Larry Johnson kind of works miracles. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't want to use the word miracle too lightly, but you think Ohio State's dead in the rights and not not going to land a defensive defensive end or a defensive tackle when they need one, you know, two weeks to signing day, and you're saying, oh, we still need to fill that. And they're saying, oh, we still need to fill that position there. We still need to get a defensive tackle. We still need to get a defensive end. And then Larry Johnson says, don't worry, I got you. And, and he kind of just, you know, has one for you. And uh, Jaden McKenzie, like you said, was the example uh, last year. And it looks like Xavier Carlton could end up being that this year. And, you know, what do you always say? Car, right? Yeah, I mean, it's comfort in relationships. Larry, Larry Johnson builds com- builds comfort with, with players, and he builds relationship with players. And uh, if that doesn't win, then it's usually proximity at home that wins. Yeah, and here the thing is with Larry, what makes him so unique is you look at, like, the current defensive line, right? Devon Hamilton, Robert Landers, these are guys that people didn't think were going to amount to anything. Uh, and then, you know, they just stick around, and all of a sudden he turns them into really good defensive linemen because he's the he best tur- defensive line coach in America. He turns Devon Hamilton into a borderline All-American, right? I mean, 
you've seen what Devon Hamilton's been able to do, and obviously he's a fifth year. So Mickey Mariotti, Mickey Marotti has had a lot to do with that. But I mean, Larry, you can't not give credit to Larry Johnson for that. Five years working with him, and five years working with Coach Mick, and I think you're going to be a pretty dominant force in the middle, right? Yeah, it's 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 really remarkable. And again, I, I don't know that there's a, a huge push right now. Or uh, maybe not push is the right word. Maybe a huge concern for Ohio State because they've added two defensive linemen in the last week that they didn't know that they were going to have uh, moving into this offseason with Cade Stover making the move to defensive end and then the announcement that Jonathan Cooper was going to redshirt and return for his fifth fifth season. Yeah, that's a, that's quite the haul, right? You, uh, yeah, you get Cade Stover, a four-star linebacker that was a borderline defensive end anyways, and then Jonathan Cooper who – had a chance to be first team all Big Ten this year, and you say, "Okay, coach, I'm coming back." And now you've got a all, all Big Ten st- type of defensive end coming into your 2020 recruiting class that's already ready to play in the NFL if he wants to. Right, Cooper was a five star in the class of 2016. Getting him back is huge. It does provide a little bit of a buffer for the 2020 class. And if they don't end up landing Xavier Carlton or Tyler Barron, things are still going to be okay, and and you know they'll focus on 2021. And that's what I want to turn our focus to because the 2021 visitor list for the weekend uh, that was, was, was a monster list, especially on the defensive line, the biggest names at the defensive end position did not make it. And that's the key Damian Robinson uh, from Maryland and Monkel Goodwin from Monkel Goodwine from Maryland didn't make the trip for whatever reason. It's a long drive, you know, weather, that kind of stuff. But that doesn't mean that they didn't have a lot of good players there. Um, you know, especially guys like Jason Anya, Aaron Armitage, um, uh, Michael Hall from Streetsboro. I think those are the main defensive line, but those guys are all sort of, uh, you know, raw. And that's one thing that Larry Johnson really likes is guys that he can sort of develop. But I want to talk for you. Is there, again, this is where I like to throw it to you as the voice of the fan and the recruit, Nick. Is there a guy or two from this weekend that you're like, oh, Jeremy, what's the deal with this guy? Well, Anya was pretty pretty interesting. I mean, when he walked out of the tunnel, he was another guy where I said to myself, wow, that's a big kid. And I mean, he's only a junior in high school. Uh, Armitage, an, another one. When you see these guys, Ohio State is, is recruiting these uh, not really prototypical defensive tackles anymore. They're just recruiting big defensive linemen, yeah. I want to say. It's, it's very different from a lot of uh, – like if you look at an Auburn defensive line or a Georgia defensive line, you're going to have – guys that are 330 pounds in the middle and you're going to have them stuff on the run. Well, Ohio state is not doing that right now. Of course they have Devon Hamilton and Robert Landers, bigger guys, but right now they're just not recruiting that type of guy. And those defensive linemen that you, that you mentioned, they're big guys, but they're not like typical defensive tackles that you would see like in the NFL right now. No, Larry's, they're, yeah, Larry's they're, they're, six foot four, 270 pound guys who can play inside and out. But there was one, I don't know if, if you saw him, but Taiwan Malone from New Jersey uh, is one of the largest juniors in high school I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he was. Yeah, he's massive. He was he's massive. so wide that, I mean, he, he was he was blocking like three people who were walking behind him. I couldn't see because he was so wide and he's a kid yeah, he's six foot four, 310 pounds. And I'm telling you, this kid, by the time he gets to college, is going to be an absolute monster. Well, maybe Larry does want one guy from every class that's kind of like that. Maybe he does want one guy from every other class that's like that. He doesn't really have one in this 2020 class. I guess you could say um, the kid from North Carolina. Sorry, his name's his name's skipping me. Uh, but he's a pretty big guy. But but maybe Larry is kind of saying, okay, we need at least one. 
You know, I need one guy in my room that can stuff the run. Well, there's Jac- and, and, who you're talking about is Jacoby Cowan. J- Jacoby Cowan, yeah. And uh, Cowan and Darion Henry are both in that six foot five, two hundred and seventy pound range. And you know, I don't know that they're really going to to grow out into like a true one tech, but you know, they're looking like I said, flexibility is key for the Buckeyes on the defensive line, and they're going to keep growing from there. I want to talk a little bit more about the weekend and who we think could be a potential commitment down the line from this class. So. Or from this visit, I'm sorry. Uh, and there's a couple guys I want to start with not speaking about in-state guys because I do believe that uh, Tegra Shabola and Gabe Powers and Michael Hall will all end up joining Mayan Williams as commitments from this weekend, uh, but they're all in-state. Other than that, I think that there's a few guys to really keep an eye on moving forward, and we'll move down that line real quick. Running back Evan Pryor, who will have a, um, you know an a update on this week, he's one. Another one, tight end Jordan Dingle from Bowling Green, Kentucky. This is his third visit he's made in the last four months. Then you have uh, uh, Trey Zoon from Colorado, a four-star offensive lineman from Fort Collins, Colorado. Also been to Ohio State three times, down to three schools, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Texas A&M. I think this weekend might have done a good job moving Ohio State ahead. But do the Buckeyes want him? I don't know. That's something that we're going to have to figure out. Uh, they're in a really weird position on the offensive line already because they have been Chrisman committed at tackle. And then there's J.C. Latham, who, again, if we're talking about a player that was just physically different, like a dude who like looked like a dude, J.C. Latham is incredibly big for a 16-year-old kid. Two, six, six foot six, 295, 300 pounds. And his body is totally different than it was when he visited in April. Um, if, if you look at the sidelines and you see Paris Johnson, and then you look at another guy near him and he looks kind of the same size. That's JC Latham. Yeah. I mean, he was, he's massive. He, he, I, I was, was very, crazy. I was very surprised with how big a 16 year old kid, uh, you look at him, you say, okay, yeah, that's an offensive lineman. You know, you know, that's not a defensive lineman. That's an offensive lineman. He's going to be, um, but all of those names are interesting. I made sure to, to see Evan Pryor, uh, on this visit and Ohio state fans worried and worried and worried about that 2020 running back class. Right. You, you've written about it numerous times. I actually wish we would have counted how many times you wrote about it just to kind of make a joke about it. Um, I don't know if you'll have that same issue writing about it in 2021. Ohio state is very, very active with these 2021 running backs, but go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's true. I mean, if you look at, at what they've done with prior, then there's Donovan Edwards in, in Michigan. Then there's Corey Kiner down in Cincinnati. There's uh, Lavasia Carroll down at IMG Academy. There's a lot of guys that are in on very early. Will Shipley. Will Shipley, who's really good friends with Evan Pryor. So there's a lot of things working, uh, you know, right now in 2021. But I don't want to get too far ahead there. But uh, Bryce Steele, linebacker slash safety from Virginia. It's another guy who I think from this weekend that could eventually be a commitment. He's going to actually go to visit Michigan next weekend. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Him, Aaron Armitage. Uh, we'll both be doing that. Rayshon Benny, who's an offensive lineman from Detroit who visited, I assume he'll be at Michigan next week. A lot of these kids who watched Ohio State and Penn State play are going to be watching Ohio State play Michigan next week and be on the other sideline. So it's just one of those weird things about recruiting and how fascinating it is. So um, a couple other things, a little housekeeping. Julian Fleming did make the visit for the Penn State game wearing an Ohio against the world uh, hoodie sweatshirt, which, of course, rubs some people the wrong way. And it rubbed a lot of people the right way, too. I did notice that. Yeah, I mean, it's just so funny. These kids, uh, you know, there's all this talk about Julian and whether or not, oh, he's going to secretly flip to Penn State, blah, blah, blah. And then to show up 
make him middle of the night drive to come over to Ohio State to see the Buckeyes play Penn State, the school that everyone thinks he's going to flip to, and then to show up wearing that sweatshirt is a pretty great troll move. And real quick, I don't want to get too far off track with this, but when you looked on the field, you saw the number one wide receiver in the class of 2017. Justin Shorter, right? 2017? 2018. 2018. Okay, you looked on the field and you saw the number one wide receiver in the class of 2018 have two or three catches, and it was the first time in a Big Ten game that he had had that many catches. Yeah. And then you look on the other sideline, and there's Garrett Wilson, who's already the starting punt returner and who, who's made some big plays and big moments for Ohio State this year. It's just – if Julian Fleming is watching that, it's pretty easy to see those kind of things, right? Uh, so I don't want to get too far ahead. I just wanted to, you know, make that point known. The development's um, there. And these it's re- obvious to see. These recruits see that. Yeah, exactly. And they see Chris Olave, and they they see what's happened to the, you know, in the last few years with the wide receivers. And for for Julian, the Justin Shorter usage as a freshman a year ago is one of the reasons why he turned away from Penn State, and then he comes to Ohio State and sees Chris Olave being the man. Sees Garrett Wilson getting all this run now. Sees a wide open wide receiver room uh, down the road and. Uh, it's why the best receiver in Pennsylvania and the country and the best receiver in Texas and the best receiver out in the West Coast and G. Scott uh, are all coming to Ohio State. So we could talk all night about recruiting stuff, and that's what we do here on Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Letterman Row. But that's going to wrap up this episode because, uh, you know, it's getting long and there's too many things to talk about. So we'll we'll keep talking about the Penn State Visitor Week uh, visitor list as we meet up later this week. We'll preview the wide receiver group. And uh, I'm Jeremy Birmingham, that's Spencer Holbrook, and we will talk to you next time.